At LinkHumans, we've spoken to countless HR leaders from around the world, all trying to measure employer brand. The Employer Brand Index is used by GE and Unilever on a quarterly basis to uncover and measure their reputation as an employer. With a final score, they can track over time to see how things are changing. We look at what candidates, employees, and alumni say about your organization in an employment context. If you're looking to research your employer reputation, or if you're developing an EVP, this would be the perfect time to create your Employer Brand Index baseline you'll get a full report of insights and recommendations that you can use to improve your employer brand over time. Head over to employerbrandindex.co and start measuring. Hey, Sons Vaton, it's Jorgen Sundberg here with the Employer Branding Podcast, brought to you by your friends here at Link Humans. Our mission is none other than to make the world or work a better place. And today, we're going to speak to a multinational technology company, which you may have heard of. Its search engine might even have led you to this very episode today. We had this company on the podcast some time ago to chat about global employer brand. Today, we're going to focus in on a region of the world to understand how they localize the EVP and also start initiatives which then go worldwide. As always, lots to learn. So let's start the show. Hey, Glynis, welcome to the podcast. Hi, Jorgen. Thank you for having me here. My pleasure. So please let our listeners know who you are and what is it that you do. Hi, I'm Glynis Quack, and I am privileged to lead Google's employer brand in Asia Pacific. I'm based in Singapore and of Chinese ethnicity, and I work closely with Mary Streetzel, whom you've interviewed before, and an incredible team of brand experts to bring Google's EVP to life across all countries and audiences in APEC. And as Mary has shared in her podcast, Google's EVP is built for everyone. We code, we design, we create, and we build at scale at Google for billions of users around the world. There's a lot to do for to build an employer brand that resonates with the hearts and minds of diverse talents in a highly complex and nuanced region, and to attract the right talents to the right roles at the right time. Um, I'm really lucky that I don't do this work alone, and I can't do that. And so I work really closely with a team of APEC specialists who are also local subject matter experts in their countries, as well as lean on the deep partnership and expertise of the global EV team, recruiting and cross-functional teams like comms, marketing, DEI to build an EVP that resonates with um, for the region. So that's what I do in a nutshell. Amazing. So APAC, so Asia Pacific is quite a, a, a big region and you're based out of Singapore. Um, so tell us, um, so we all know and sort of use Google probably on a, on a daily basis, but what, what are some of the things that, um, that stand, stands out for, for the company from a, like an organizational point of view or an, as an employer? Mm, so that's a great question. Um, so I've joined Google a little over a year and a half ago. And um, in my experience, Google has been an amazing company to work for. People here are so friendly and um, collaborative. It's a beautiful place to build partnerships, whether or not it's an established partnership or it's or you're keeping your level of collaboration tools really scrappy and ad hoc projects. And that's one thing that I love because if you are looking at building or localizing your EVP, um, these kind of partnerships are extremely valuable. 
And we have many employee resource groups at Google that cater to building diversity and inclusion and equity within the company. So uh, we do have our women at resource group that champions all things related to, um, to women building their careers in tech. We have a pride ad resource group. We have our indigenous ad. We also have a disability ad that has recently been established in APAC that champions and caters to and drives awareness around disabilities at the workplace. And um, we do have a wonderful program called Google Surf, which is our social giving or CSR uh, initiative. So employees can sign up to various um, programs or community service in initiatives within the company to give back to the community at large. So this is Google in, in a nutshell. It's a very, it's a very people led and heart-led um, workplace, we want to build that sense of belonging within the company and people here come across as very authentic, very themselves, uh, and they're not afraid to bring their full selves to work. In terms of products, we all know about Google as a search engine. We also know that um, many of us also leverage Google products like Google Docs, Google Sheets, Google, uh, Google Slides. But more than that, Google is a company that is made out of many other platforms like Google owns YouTube. There's also Google Ads for advertisers to run campaigns and initiatives on. And more recently, especially for this uh, late last year, uh, Google has launched a generative AI product called BART. So um, there are many products that come under and are owned by the Google company. And um, to me, it's just mind-boggling to just think about all the, the amazing products and services that are delivered by Google. Yeah, it's, um, so it's, um, it's, it's, it's a company that we use on, on a daily basis, most of us. But I'm sure just like every company on the planet, there are challenges in terms of talents. What, what are they for you uh, specifically in the, in the APAC region? Mm. So maybe to take a step back, maybe I can share a bit more about the talent audience that um, Google hires for. So here at yep. Asia Pacific, we hire for talent for different roles that can span engineering, marketing, sales, tech, HR, and research. We have roles to meet different types of skills and backgrounds. And more importantly, we also want to ensure that we enable the right talent to find the right job at Google. And what's also top of mind for the company is that we want to build a workforce that's representative of the people who use our products and services. So we seek out a diverse talent with different backgrounds and experiences and skills. And our recruitment and talent engagement teams develop strategies and initiatives to ensure our hiring efforts prioritize equity. So in a nutshell, there is a lot of work invested in ensuring that talents from underrepresented communities, such as people mm -hmm. with disabilities, women in tech, indigenous in Australia, LGBTQI, and local representation across the markets that Google are at have an equitable experience when they are going through the hiring process. So this dives into like the talent challenge. So in a nutshell, almost everybody knows about Google, but not everyone could see themselves working at Google. And in APAC, this is a hard problem to solve because of the region's com cultural complexity and diversity. So to give a more complete picture, um, I'm just going to share some stats with you. Yeah. So APAC is home to 60% of the world's population. Uh, if I'm not, if the last time I googled it, it's like 7.88 billion people around the world. So, 60% of them resides at in APAC, and more than half are youth who are under 25 years of age. 
Um, it's home to over 2,000 languages, and don't get me started on dialects. And every country has its unique cultural nuances and language expressions. So one example is Chinese. Chinese is spoken and written differently across Asia. In Southeast Asia, like Singapore, we use simplified Chinese. In Hong Kong, it's Cantonese Chinese. In Taiwan, it's Taiwanese Chinese. And finally, in China, they use simplified Chinese, but it's expressed differently from uh, the, the Chinese used in Singapore or Southeast Asia. So um, when we want to like put out messages or stories around and um, that is localized, we have to take into consideration all of these language and cultural considerations. And to add on, APEC also has a challenge in uh, meeting the accessibility of talent. Not everyone's on LinkedIn and APEC. Then, mm. um, if we are talking about LinkedIn, um, there's low penetration of LinkedIn for talent pools in Taiwan, Japan, Korea. And um, more recently in this year, LinkedIn has pulled out of China. And to talk about China, China is a market where um, it's, it's a closed market. Many of the global online channels and brand platforms do not work in that country, and you have to leverage the look, the domestic platforms in there. So um, it's also forging that really deep understanding of um, of that market's needs and nuances and online um, brand platforms in order to forge a successful strategy and program for China. And um, and in terms of like growth potential, Apex is the fastest growing region in the world with more than half the world's internet users being based here. And if you look at stats in 2021, the number of mobile internet users in APEC exceeded more than 1.2 billion. And this number is just growing year over year. And by 2030, we are expecting that 50% of the consumer spend will be driven from the markets. So combining complexity plus hypergrowth, this makes uh, the region extremely um, interesting, but also very challenging to work on. So with that said, like, how do we position Google, which is widely perceived to be a global but American or Western brand, as an employer of choice in this part of the world? There are um, many pervasive misconceptions or memes, as Mary has shared, about how Google hires that we have to address. Uh, so one example in this in APAC is language proficiency. Talent in many APAC markets um, do not have English as their first language of choice. And so they believe that having a high proficiency in English is required to do well at Google, and that stops them from applying. So um, because of this perception that Google is a Western, has a very Western workplace culture, it discourages talents from um, cultures that are rooted in more traditional Asian values to consider Google as a place to work because they feel that maybe the, their backgrounds or their culture or where they come from will not fit into a, a workplace like um, Google. So uh, what many talent are not aware of is how Google hires for culture ad instead of culture fits. And this means that we focus on what someone can bring to the team or the organization, their characteristics, competencies, and experience, whether they can fit into the culture. Psychological safety is also really important here. And um, the company is focused on building a workplace where everyone can feel that they belong and are connected and have a voice. So a couple of months ago, Google launched our 2023 Diversity Annual Report. And I was so proud to learn that um, we have made a lot of progress in building representation and equity. 
So one example is um, the company is building pathways for underrepresented communities to grow digital skills, such as the DigiPivot program for women in India. And for in Australia, there's the Reconciliation Action Plan and the growth of Google that enables people from Indigenous communities to pick up tech skills. So, Amazing. yes, thank you. Uh, so in a nutshell, there's really a lot to do to address these misconceptions and to enable Google to be more approachable and accessible in APEC. Yeah, and um, so APEC being a big region with... Um, languages and different countries are there any things that um any what should i say types of content or types of messaging that works better in some places and i mean are there different preferences from from talent from from candidates for instance that you need to cater to yes there are nuances so one example is um the way we approach um, storytelling in korea can be a little bit different from a country like um, singapore in Korea, we found that um, content that showcases a fun workplace, talks about workplace culture, resonates very well with the, the audiences in there. And for Singapore, um, talent are more focused on skill sets, professional development, career growth. Interesting. So, Interesting. Yeah. So that's just some of the examples. And we also go by um, content that is, we want talent from underrepresented communities to um, know that they have a place at Google. So we do build a lot of content that's focused on, say, women in tech, persons with disabilities, um, LGBTQI, and Indigenous. So more recently, uh, we have featured a story of, uh, of a Googler in Australia who is the co-founder of uh, GAIN, which is an employee-led um, resource group that is focused on Indigenous efforts within Google. And uh, we feature her story about how she felt a sense of belonging when she joined the company and it enabled her to authentically be herself. And she had that story posted during NADOC week. Great. And uh, these stories, the storytelling that you do, is, is it typically uh, video-based or is it audio or articles? It's across the board. So... Um, we, we do a mix between video, audio, and articles. And it really depends on the platform that we are on. Certain platforms will prioritize certain content formats a little bit more than others. Mm -hmm. And so um, you do have to have a deep understanding of what those platforms are, what are the content types or the algorithms for the platforms in order to adjust your content strategy. Absolutely, absolutely. And uh, do you work with uh, global teams? Yes, yeah. absolutely. So um, we work really closely with Mary's team to shape and build um, Google's employer value proposition and brand in APAC. I do feel, um, I, do, I, I, I do see myself as an extension of the global EV team. And um, a lot of the way that we work together is very embedded. And would you say, do you run initiatives independent of global or does global set the direction for, for the regions? So in my opinion, the relationship that I have with Global is based on trust and it's also a two-way conversation and partnership. So Global builds a global employment brand strategy and the direction and the framework as well as the narratives. We look at it from an APAC lens and look at how this can be adapted and localized to resonate in the region. And I lean on the, the expertise and the partnerships of local brand experts and cross-functional teams to inform on what works best for every market within APAC. 
in my experience, and I have worked on um, employment brand across five companies, out of which four are MNCs, I've learned that it's usually, it's really important to find a good balance between maintaining brand consistency and building narratives that or assets that resonate locally. And while every company runs EB a bit differently, there's always this common theme. For Impact, it's the com- because of the complexity of the region, there's never a one-size-fits-all approach. So this means that you need to build a tailored EB strategy for every country in APEC where you are looking to build your employer brand. And to enable this localization effort to be successful at scale, I go by a philosophy which I picked up in my time at Ernst & Young, um, and that's empower local, but act global. So in essence, you empower and enable local teams and brand champions within each of the markets to run and execute brand initiatives on the ground, but you provide them with the guidance or structure or framework to ensure that they adhere to global brand standards. Amazing. And uh, do you have any examples of uh, employer brand campaigns that were initiated in APAC and then were scaled to, to global? Yes. Uh, so this year... We ran a hashtag Google Ramadan campaign on LinkedIn that spotlighted how Muslim um, employees at Google are celebrating Ramadan and are able to bring their full selves to work. So through the campaign, we empowered 20 Muslim employees across APEC to share experiences on LinkedIn during Ramadan. Um, and you can check out that their stories via this hashtag Google Ramadan. And then we have that amplified at a global level on the Google LinkedIn account. So it was very engaging. Um, within like one month, that the campaign reached over 5 million LinkedIn users and generated over a million engagements, which is awesome. And this speaks to the power of employee advocacy because through the networks and through the stories of your own employees, which are authentic and credible, this is how you can tell your employment brand story at scale. That's great. I'm going to have to check that out. And actually, thinking back, I think I might have seen it actually on LinkedIn. Fantastic. And how do you go about uh, measuring results? You just mentioned uh, a million there, for instance. Um, so what sort of metrics is it that you're looking at? And also, what, what are your leaders, what, what are they interested in, in knowing in terms of results? So in the space of results, um, a lot of the work that employment brand does is top of funnel. It's all focused on awareness, engagement, consideration, which is commonly what marketers use. So we look at sentiment, we look at reach, engagement, click-through rates, engagement rates, clicks, views, views to articles, views to videos, video view rates, and so on and so forth. If we are looking at employment brand uh, or tele-engagement events, then we also look at event metrics like RSVPs, um, event sentiment of attendees to events, and finally, um, when we look at large-scale brand campaigns, we do run like very focused brand perception surveys within large-scale campaigns. Then we also look at recruitment metrics at certain levels, and this is tied to employee advocacy, especially amongst recruitment. This ties back to conversions, such as like applications leading to OAs. Uh, why do I say that? And I know like this is not this is not a practice that is commonly leverage in employment branding but um, if you are leveraging recruiters to be your brand ambassadors or your brand advocates understanding how they are looking at metrics how they are measuring success is also very important to 
the success of your initiatives. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, uh, so, Glennis, you, you've been uh, working in an employer brand for how many years now? Over 11 years. Wow, okay. <laughs> so then you're, you're, you should be ready to, to give us some top tips. Uh, we have lots of employer brand professionals listening to this right now. What, uh, what are some of the things that you've learned that you want to share with them? I think for, for starters, you would have to be a content nerd. You will want to be curious about um, the different types of content on social media, on online channels, on uh, the different types of employment brand content that's being pushed out by your competitors. Um, you, you would want to keep a pulse on what's trending on social. And only because in this day and age, social media is so prevalent, it's really important to have your strategy tagged to a social first strategy for your content. So um, that's I found that really helpful, like just keeping an keeping a lookout and having like a high level understanding of what works on the different platforms and what makes for an effective and engaging content. The second is in the space of being data driven, and that stems from not just understanding marketing and top of funnel metrics, but also going into the the nuts and bolts of recruitment metrics. So understanding how um, your biggest stakeholders and one of the biggest stakeholders for employment brand are the recruiters themselves and um, getting them to understand the value of brand when their goals and KPI, and you know, they are very driven by recruitment cycles, which are many times a lot more shorter term compared yeah. to brand, which is, which is longer tail and longer term, can be really helpful in getting them on board as your, your, your biggest supporters and as your biggest ambassadors. So recruitment metrics and understanding that recruitment cycle and tying your brand campaigns back to recruiting cycles is uh, really helpful. And working with um, working with those metrics to deliver a more holistic, full-fledged story, start a narrative for both um, brand and recruitment, I found that to be really helpful in my line of work. And finally, um, it's been a tough year for employment brand with um, with um, economies and companies scaling back on initiatives. And I'm just going to do this call out to all employment brand professionals out there. Believe in how amazing and awesome you are. Don't give up. Don't give up. And um, it can be really frustrating when you are facing, when you're facing like budget cuts or you're facing um, scale back in what you're doing. But you know what? Just keep calm and continue doing what you're great at. I love that. Thank you. And uh, so, Glynis, I can tell you, you're very passionate about the work you do. What What is it that makes uh, your job so special? It's bringing to life stories that are from people who would never have imagined that they would want their stories out there. So um, in my many years working on employment brand and bringing people and heart-centered stories to life, that has been very rewarding and engaging. Um, some of these stories cover employees who have disabilities or women who have like have, who have grown up in like less than fortunate circumstances and have worked their way to become like software engineers they are so inspiring and they are they bring a perspective that you know they they wouldn't have had this chance to to bring their stories and share their stories with the big with a larger audience has it not been having that chance to participate in an employment brand campaign so um that makes in my opinion that makes my work really very very meaningful 
And the other space is um, helping people to brand themselves on online channels. I'm really passionate about um, building a personal brand on online. And um, it's really very rewarding when, when you work with different um, employees from different walks of life who truly appreciate the value of online and value our expertise. And when you see that they have developed their online presence, they're more confident and able to build that presence on LinkedIn or on other social media platforms. It's, uh, it's very heartening. It's very rewarding. And it's an exceptional feeling. <laughs> Fantastic. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time today, Glynis. Before I let you go, let us know where our listeners can connect with yourself and where can they learn more about uh, Google, APAC and Employer Brand. I am on LinkedIn. So you can connect with me on LinkedIn. Just search my name on uh, on LinkedIn. You can find me there. And you can connect with Google on our Live at Google channels. We are on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We also are on LinkedIn. And um, we do have for students or graduates who are interested in Google opportunities, we have our Google student um, pages on Instagram, Twitter, as well as Facebook. Do connect with us there. We do put up content, really helpful content on our internships and graduate programs. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time today. Thanks, Jorgen. Okay, folks, there we have it. Be sure to reach out to Glynis on uh, social and thank her ever so much for sharing her insights with us. And as she mentioned, uh, we did have Mary Streetsell on the podcast previously from Google, and we'll put a link uh, to that episode in the show notes uh, in case you're interested in the, the global perspective. And if you are interested in measuring employer brand, talent brand, employer reputation, be sure to check out the Employer Brand Index, um, also known as the Link Humans Index, which you can find out more about at linkhumans.com or feel free to get in touch with me and I'll, I'll tell you all about it as well. And uh, would you like to subscribe to this podcast, perhaps? Then head on over to employerbrandingpodcast.com. You'll also find the show notes articles right there as well. That was it. Thank you so much for tuning in. Catch you next time. So spirituality is a big part of my lifestyle um, and, and so is mental wellness. I'm a big proponent of regulating and managing your mental and emotional health. So uh, I am a certified Reiki therapist and for those of you who don't know what Reiki is, it's essentially energy healing and it comes under an alternative school of thought around how um, we are all made out of energy and we can um, manipulate this energy to enhance our physical, emotional and mental wellness. I've recently established a program within uh, Google to provide Reiki sessions for employees who are based in Singapore. And this is part of my spiritual practice and it's also in a way how I deliver culture ad to the company.